You've tuned in to a podcast with Pastor O. Enjoy this message. We're in an hour now as the body of Christ that we have to function by faith. We've got to function according to the word of God. This is an hour where uh, everything that seemingly in the natural um, we would depend on is not available to us anymore. And what we would yield on or what we would typically find ourselves doing, um, those options are not uh, readily accessible. And so it's going to take an operation of your faith in this hour on the word of God to begin to operate in the God kingdom, in the God system outside of the parameters of what this world can offer. And so it's important for us to get in the word of God. And so as we get back to the basics of the word and faith, the beginning or the core foundation of believing is to trust in character. And so as we begin to talk about this tonight, I believe that God is having us go back and talk about who he is to us. You know, anytime that you find yourself in any kind of position, any opposition, the first thing you've got to be reminded is, is who you are and who uh, who you belong to. You've got to know that God is on my side. You've got to know that the ability of God is greater than anything I face, anything I see, anything that confronts me. And so tonight, uh, before you can develop faith in what the word says, you must first trust the character of who said it or, or, or who God is. You know, it's just like this. Um, you know, we've all have family members and, you know, you got that one family member that, you know, it don't matter what you tell them, you know, you can't trust it. You, you know, good and well, they're not going to come through. They're flaky. You know, we've all got that one family member that they say they're going to do it, but you know, you ain't holding your breath on it. Why? Because time has revealed their character. Their experience, your experience with them have revealed their ability to do what they said they would do. My God, I feel God already tonight. And so when you see that, when you see someone's ability not to be able to hold true to their word, then their word holds no weight or value in your life. My God. And so as believers, we're trying to get people to believe the word and they have no relationship with the one who made them the promise. Oh, God, am I am, am I helping you tonight? And so with the core of you believing God is not just. Let me find a scripture and let me just make a thousand scriptures and it's going to come to pass. This is not a genie in a bottle type situation. This is not a, uh, you know, I'm going to just confess it until it happens. No, this is about a person. A person made you a promise. His name is Jesus. His name is God, uh, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. The Father made you a promise. And Jesus, the word carries that promise out. And so when you get to know whom made you the promise, it's about the person behind the word. Lord have mercy. So it's not just about me quoting Isaiah 53 and 5. You know, he's one for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity, that's child my peace upon him with the scribe. I am healed. Who made you the promise? Uh, it, it's not just saying Philippians 4, 19, you know, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Who made you that promise? Uh, you know, it, it's not just that we're the seed of Abraham and the same blessing belongs to us. And so, you know, in Deuteronomy 28, it says, you know, we bless coming in and bless going out, blessing the city, blessing the field. And so we're trying to believe his word apart from his character. This is why fellowship with God is so important. Why? Because you get to know him. You get to experience 
experience him and you get to uh, uh, you, your love for him and your faith is rooted in who he is. And so when your faith is rooted in what he is, what he said, you can believe it. You don't have to question it. There's no, uh, there's no doubt in your mind. So it doesn't matter what the situation is, whatever God says, I believe it. This is how, um, when we, uh, when we disconnect, uh, God's character, trust in God's character from his word. This is how you can get some people that can believe for finances, but their faith in healing is weak. Why? When you are trying to believe a specific subject or you're trying to zero in on a specific thing God does, no, all it all relates to him. Everything is him. He's the Lord, my shepherd. That means he's protecting me. He's feeding me. He's guiding me. He's protecting me. He's giving me peace. He's giving me shalom. There's nothing missing, nothing broken. He's taking care of my kids. He's taking care of my mind. Come on. He's the restorer of my emotions or everything I need. The shepherd has already taken care of. So my confidence is in the shepherd. My confidence is in his ability. Faith at the core of faith is believing in what God said he is, who he is to me. And then what he said, I can hold on to it. Uh, let, let's read our first scripture. Uh, you might say, well, well, Pastor, oh, give me some scripture. I'll show him. You know, I'm glad you said that. Let's go to our first scripture tonight. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. We know that without faith, it's impossible not only to please him, but to contact him, to engage with God. Why? Because he operates in an unseen realm. So it takes faith to cooperate with God. There is no one. And in Hebrews chapter 11, you read all of those of uh, these people who connected with God. They did it by faith. There is no connection with God or the promises of God or what God has destined for your life without your faith. Your faith is necessary because what your faith does is it grabs a hold to what is unseen and it brings it into the seen realm. Now, let's talk. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to talk so much about that, but let's talk about this B part. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. When you come before the Father, you must believe that he is. Pause. There's a comma right there. That's the first clause to faith. The first clause to faith is when you come, you must believe that God is who he said he is. My God tonight. See, if you're not sure that he is who he is, then it, it's no use in trying to study on all these subjects and study on wealth and study on healing and study on provision and study on your future, study on your destiny and study on all. The first thing you need to do is go study who God is. Who is God? You know, um, uh, we're going to read tonight in uh, Hebrews. Let me uh, read this. Hebrews chapter number six and verse number 17. Let's read a little bit about God and then we'll jump back. Hebrews chapter six, verse 17. We're in God willing more abundantly. This means he's more than abundantly willing to show unto the heirs of promise. Who's the heirs of promise? We are. We are the heirs of promise. The immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. Notice this, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. The first thing about the God you serve and his character that you must get a revelation of is it's impossible for God to lie. Oh, Jesus. It's impossible for God to lie. He, he doesn't have an ability to lie. Why? Because the Bible says 
that in him is light and there is no darkness at all. Lie is a part of darkness. So in order for God to lie to you, he's got to step over into darkness in order to tell you a lie. Jesus tonight. So that means if God is light, light, then that means God is full of truth. He's full of what is right. It's impossible for God to lie because there is no darkness in him to lie to you with. Lord have mercy. I don't know if I'm blessing y'all tonight, but I'm getting excited. So when you get that at the core of the foundation that God is, he cannot lie. The two immutable things that he cannot lie, we might have a strong consolation. We may have a strong conviction. We have a strong peace who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Why? Because it's impossible for God to lie. Now let's keep reading Numbers 23 and 19. It says this, God is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent. Now notice this. It says he's not a man that he should lie. And we just talked about in order to lie, there has to be a form of darkness in you to lie with because lying comes from what is dark. It comes from an absence of truth. And the Bible said God is truth. He is light, right? Notice it says, neither is he the son of man that he should repent or that he has to change his behavior. Lord have mercy. The word repent doesn't mean to ask for forgiveness. It means to go in a different direction. It means to change the behavior. It means to turn in another direction. God does not like the son of man that he has to change his behavior. Who he is is who he's always going to be. He's an eternal God. So that's why he said, Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever because he doesn't repent. He doesn't change his behavior. This is why when the scripture tells us to repent, it means to go in a different direction. It means to change your mind. It means to change your behavior. God will never change his behavior. The same God that was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the same God that's your God today. He's still the same healing God, the same delivering God, the same restoring God, the same way making God. He does not change his behavior. Lord have mercy. He does not change in his character. That's what the word repent is. If you repent, that means you have to change your nature. It means to change your character and change your behavior. So he's not a man that he should lie. He cannot lie. Number one, there is no darkness in him for him to lie with. Number two, he's not like man that he should repent. He's not changing his nature or his behavior. And it says this, have he said and shall he not do it or have he ever said anything and he not have the ability to perform it or hath he spoken anything and can he not make it good? Now notice, I like this. It says, have he ever spoken to you anything? Can God not make that thing good? I, I like this because he's called the Lord Jehovah to sit canoe, the Lord our righteousness or the Lord that makes things right. If God has said something to you or pertaining to you and it don't seem like it's lining up, he's the God that will make that thing right. He's the God that will make that thing good. Has he ever spoken anything that he was not God enough to make it good, to make it right, to turn it around, to bring 
bring it to pass. He, this is who you serve. This is the God of all creation. This is the God that's standing on your side. The one that hung the stars in the sky. The one that hung the moon in place. The one that set the earth. The one that set the planets. The one that gives you breath in your lungs. This God is the God in whom you have confidence in. This is whom we take refuge in. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he should repent. And he's a God that can make it good. So as we begin to talk about these three areas, I love this in Numbers 23 and 19. This is one of my mom's favorite scriptures. I love this because it breaks down three different avenues of, 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 of truth or something being told. Again, you got the lie part that deals with the darkness. You've got the repentant part that deals with behavior. And then you've got the part that's able to make something good or make their word good or to make right. These three components build trust. Oh God, tonight. Help me, Holy Ghost, tonight. I said, these three components build trust. If you understand that who made you the promise can never go back to change his behavior in what he said. He's not one that is able to leave anything undone. He'll always make it good, and he will never get in the side of darkness of the enemy to retract what he spoke. So this is what causes you to build trust and confidence. So if there's there's any scripture in the word of God that you're having a little bit of a challenge believing, start meditating on Numbers 23 and 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he has to repent. Hath they said it and shall he not make it good? Oh, those three things, you need to rehearse that. Rehearse that over and over. Why? Because when I start building trust in his character, then anything he tell me, I can believe it. Oh God. I said, when you start building trust in his character, anything he says, I can believe it. Now let's jump back unto our scripture tonight. Lord, this time is running real quick. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He's what? Numbers 23 and 19. Anybody that comes to God, that comes to ask him something, that comes to petition him, that comes to make their request known, must believe that he is numbers 23 and 19. Not a man that he should lie, not the son of man that he should repent, and he's able to make what he said good. Those three things. He that come up to God must believe these three things. You got to believe these three things. Notice this, and then we get to the point, once we believe that he is, that deals with his character, and that he is a rewarder, or he is a um, he is um, one to bring to pass or to manifest that which has been asked of him or that thing that which we diligently seek. He's a rewarder. You reward someone based on their ability to uh, uh, do a particular thing. So say, for instance, um, you know, um, your kids do something and say, for instance, they're on a team and at the and, and, and based on their um, they may go out to a game and they may do well in the game and they may give them a, um, an award. And they're saying um, this is to say uh, how we have rated your performance. So he's a rewarder or he is one that grants or he is one that fulfills 
fulfills those that diligently seek him in faith. He's saying, yes, I'm pleased by your faith. I am willing to grant what it is you've asked of me. This is something we've got to be confident in that when we go to God, he is willing to perform what we ask. He is more than willing to reward. He's more than willing to give. He is more than willing to bestow upon those that diligently seek him in faith. Now, let's read another scripture. First John chapter five and verse 14. Uh, John said this, and this is the confidence that we have in him. Notice this. There is a confidence that you have in God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now, this is uh, something that I believe a lot of people struggle with is it, when they come to pray, do you believe that God heard you? The reason why you can have confidence that he heard you is because we have confidence in him. Notice this. Notice the confidence in asking and knowing that he hears us is attached to having confidence in him. Now, notice that again. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. How do you know he hears us? Because I have confidence in him. Why? It tells us I know that he hears me because I'm his child. I am his. I belong to him. Faith causes him to respond. Faith in his own words. I'm repeating back to him what he's already spoken. So therefore he responds to his word. He hastens his word to perform it. He makes good on his word. He's never going to allow his word to come back void or unaccomplished. Isaiah 55 and 11, so shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth, it shall not return void. So this is how you can have confidence that he heard you, because I have confidence in him that made me the promise. I want to um, read this one uh, scripture. Hold on one second. Let me get it. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Um, Yes, uh, Jeremiah 1 and 12. I didn't write it down, but I want you to put this down. Write this in your notes. Jeremiah 1, 12. Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast seen well, for I will hasten my word to perform it. I'm going to hasten my word. This is what, this is a promise that God made. This is something, again, he's revealing his character. He's letting you know, I'm going to move quickly. I'm going to move swiftly. I'm not going to sit on it. I'm going to, again, that's that's that Numbers 23 and 19. He's a God that's going to make it good. Has he said anything that he wasn't able to make good? This is what he's saying. I will hasten my word to perform it. I'm going to perform everything that I said. Notice it didn't just say, I'm going to perform my word. Notice he said, I'm going to hasten. That word hasten also means to watch over. It means to, to be in view of. It means to cover. It means to make good on. And that's why I said that connects to that Numbers 23 and 19. Has he spoken anything and not been able to hasten or to watch over or to make it good? So he's saying again, I'll hasten my word to perform it. So again, Numbers 23 and 19, Jeremiah uh, uh, 1.12, uh, Hebrew Hebrews 11, 6. Uh, these are all scriptures that is identifying the character of your God. Now let's keep reading. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, 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 Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 17. We read this again. He's more than willing 
and abundant, more willingly, more abundant to show the heirs of promise. I, when I read this earlier today, I said, wow, isn't this amazing that God is willing more abundantly to show me the immutability of his counsel. My God, confirmed it by an oath. He was so willing more abundantly to show the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, that it was impossible for him to lie. Do you know that God wants to work out for you what you're asking him for more than you really even wanted? He wants to manifest himself and prove to you that he is who he said he is and he can do what he said he can do. Now, as we begin to close tonight, um, I want to read this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We read this scripture all the time. It says this, now unto him that is able. Now we jumped all the way to the part that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. But I just want us to zero in on the first clause of the scripture. Now unto him that is able to do. Your God, the God you serve, there is never a request that God is not able to do. There is not one thing that he's not able to perform. Again, um, Jeremiah 1.12 says he'll hasten his word to perform it. There's not one thing that God cannot perform. And I think generally we do, uh, for the most part, we believe, yeah, God is able. Do you believe God is able? Yeah, I believe he's able. But do you believe he's able to do it for you? Do you believe that what God said in his word applies to you? Do you, have you taken ownership of the word of God that this is God speaking to me? This is not God speaking to my neighbor. This is not God speaking to the man down the street. This is not God speaking to somebody back in the day. This is not God speaking to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This word is God speaking to me. This is God giving me his will, his promise, and and what he is in covenant with me to do. When you became born again, when you took on the life and nature of God, when you became an heir of God, everything he promised in his word is yours by divine inheritance. And it was yours on the day you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. This is his promise to you. This is where we fall short, is believing that what he said belongs to me. This is my word from God. Listen, you know, a lot of people are looking for a prophecy. They're looking for somebody to prophesy of them over them uh, or tell them what's coming up in their life. Listen, this, this, this right here is your everyday prophecy. There is a word from God for every day of your life. If you would spend time in fellowship with God, God will let you know different things out of the word of God that he's working on your behalf. The Lord will show you different things. He'll say, I'll read this scripture. This is what I want to do in your life. When the Lord drops a word in your spirit about your personal life, it, he's trying to lead you in the prophet. He's trying to lead you into the next step. He's trying to cause you to avoid traps and snares of the enemy. He's there to lead and guide and protect you. And so what he's doing is he's giving you a scripture for you to attach your faith to so that he can bring you to the outcome that he's destined for you. 
Jeremiah 29 and 11, God says this, I know the thoughts that I think towards you and their thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a hope as one translation says, to give you a, a, a future, to give you a, an expected end. God knows what's coming up in your life and the word that he's giving you out of this, that rhema word that he's speaking to your spirit is for you to attach your faith to so he can bring you into the outcome that he's destined for you in this season. Listen, we're running out of time tonight. I hope you were blessed tonight by the word as we continue to talk about the basics of faith and knowing who we are and knowing whom we serve. This is where our faith will begin to get strong. Romans chapter four talked about how Abraham, he began to, he kept meditating. The Lord gave him a visual. He said, Abraham, look at, or Abraham at that time, he said, look at the stars. He said, as many as the stars are in the sky, that's what your descendants will be. Look at the sand. As you see the number of sand, that's how much your descendants will be. He was giving him something to visualize. He was giving him something to hold on to, to connect his faith to. And the Bible said that he grew strong in faith. He grew strong in faith. Why? Because he kept meditating on what God said. He kept meditating on who made him the promise. Listen, the way your faith becomes exceedingly strong, the way your faith begins to be developed in every area and you begin to get a stalwart or a strong faith is when you're constantly meditating on who God is to you. When your faith gets weak, you've left what God means to you. Lord have mercy. He's not that number one in your life. You've allowed pressure or you've allowed uh, 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 situations, you've allowed circumstances, you've allowed finances, you've allowed sickness and disease to take his place as being the top one that you trust. In your heart, he should sit on the throne of your heart as this is the one I absolutely confidently put all my hope and my trust in. But it's got to be a renewing of the mind. Why? Because he, he's in the unseen realm. So he doesn't necessarily appear to your senses. So a lot of times, if we're not careful, we'll let our senses tell us what we trust. We'll let our emotions tell us well, who we trust, who we depend on, who we have confidence in. Listen, these five senses will lead you wrong every single time. The word of God is your foundation. It's your place of truth. It's what's going to keep you stable in this hour. It's what's going to keep your mind set. It's what's going to keep you at peace. It's what's going to keep you over into victory. The word of God. And because we know who's on back of the word, God himself is in back of the word of God. I'm going to say this as I'm closing. Listen, you can, you have, um, you have money. I, I can give you a hundred dollar bill and you can get excited, but you're not excited about the money necessarily because that paper money is just paper. It can be cut. You can burn it. You can, uh, you can destroy it. You can lose it. It's not the paper. It's what's behind the paper. Lord have mercy. It's what's behind that dollar. It's the, it's the note. They say on the top of, of money, it says a note from the federal reserve. It's valuable because something is backing it. If there was no value to that, you could, you could write on it just like you write on any other paper. It, it's paper just like anything else. What makes money? What causes people to go crazy over money and they don't go crazy over copy paper? They're made from the same material. It's all paper, but because there's something that's backing that money, there is a monetary value on it. And so then there's a confidence that when I get money, 
I know I have access into purchasing some things. The same way with the word of God. Listen, you can read any book, but ain't no book like this. Why? Because there's something behind this. The God of all creation is behind every promise that he made. His ability, his strength, his might, his power is behind every word that he promised us. So you can rejoice and have confidence that in this word, I can stand on it because of who's behind it. Listen, let me tell you something. It's just like a child. You can give a one-year-old money and you can give them money and you give them a hundred dollar bill. And let me tell you something, that might not be the wisest thing to do because a one-year-old does, they don't understand the value of what's behind that money. And so guess what? You can give them money and tell them to go to the store and get whatever they need. And guess what? They, they'll cry and they'll whine and they'll cry and they'll whine because the only way they know how to get what they want is to beg. Lord have mercy. Woo, Jesus. The only way a toddler knows how to get what they want is to beg. Let me tell you something. You are a child of God. It's time for you to grow up and mature and take God at his word. If his word said it, he will do it. I'm not out here begging. We're not out here pleading and begging God. Oh, please, God, heal me. Please, God, make a way for me. God, do it if you can. We're not on the sovereignty of God. We are mature believers, and that's why I'm teaching you this so that you can take this word. Um, if, if he said it, this is enough for me to believe it. I don't need anything on the outside to confirm it. I don't need anything to bear witness with it. If he said it, I believe it. It's time for us to mature to a place where we can take God at his word. And that's all we need is his word. Let me tell you something. It, it, it's just like this. Now, a toddler, again, let's go back to that same analogy. If I gave a toddler money, they don't know what to do with that money. They don't know how to get their needs met. So they cry, they whine, they cry, they whine until someone does it for them. But you, because you are mature, you had experience with money. If I give you money, all you say is thank you. I appreciate you. And you go why? Because you know what to do with it because you know what's behind it. You know what's in back of it. Let me tell you something. When your faith gets to a point where you can see this word and take God at his word, you can go and take authority like never before. This is where authority is exercised. This is how you get over into uh, um, letting the devil know, no, you can't put that on me. No, Satan, you got to take your hands off my money. Angels, go bring to pass. Go bring the money that I need. Why? Because I know what's in back of the word. His word can't return void. So I'm going to go out here and speak the word with boldness. This is what causes you to have confidence because you know what's behind the word. When you lose confidence in the word, you've lost confidence in what's the value of it. What is behind this word? What is behind that scripture? God himself. Lord, have mercy. God himself is behind every scripture written in this word that belongs to you.